When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast. Or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 157. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is so much more than food. It truly is a lifestyle. Be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram or on YouTube. My handle on both of those platforms is Brown Vegan. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. I am back with another conversation for you. But before we get into that, I want to highlight one of the listeners of the show. Shout out to all of the people who have been leaving reviews. I really appreciate it. It's such an easy and free way to support the show. So definitely, if you haven't already, go over to Apple Podcasts and search Brown Vegan. Click on the plus sign to follow the show. Scroll down hit the five star for five star reviews and also type in a review so that I can see it. The thing about podcasting that's so different from Instagram and YouTube is that a lot of times I'm not even really sure if y'all are enjoying the show. So I love, I would really, really appreciate it if you go over and show support so that I know which episodes are resonating with you, which you want me to do more of, all of that good stuff. Because this week I'm starting a series on this podcast later this week. So it's going to be the next episode after this that is very, very uncomfortable, but I think necessary. So you guys have to give me some feedback and let me know if you want me to continue the upcoming series. Definitely will tell you more about that in the next episode. So anyway, let me go ahead and shout out this listener. The title of the review is Loyal Listener. The topic got me here. The content keeps me here. Monique's appeal makes me feel at home like I'm just talking about veganism with my sister. She just seems so warm and down to earth. I really enjoy the guest episodes, but I also enjoy the solo shows. The topics are always interesting and true to the life. Please keep this going. Yes, yes, yes. It's a five-star review. Thank you so much. I think it's Key Flowers 1. I really appreciate it. So yes, everyone, please go leave a review. Like I said, it's just an easy way to support the show. And another easy way that's free to support the show is that when I do the sponsors, 
if you guys click through and check out the sponsors on my website and in the show notes, even if you decide not to buy anything, just taking a look is a great way to support not only the show, but also to show the sponsors that you guys are engaged and that you're truly enjoying the content that I put here on this podcast. So as always, I really do appreciate everything y'all do. I mean, I'm telling you, I have like the best support. I don't care what anybody says <laughs> on all my platforms. Y'all really do show out, show up and show out. And I appreciate it. So, yes, on today's show, we have another conversation. This is a repeat guest, too. Y'all know I love a repeat guest. I have Rashida Joy on the show, and she was previously on episode 118. Rashida is a plant-based wellness coach, and she teaches women how to heal with plants and get the body they desire through fitness. And so the last time Rashida was on the show, we talked about her changing her family's legacy through holistic living, some of the mindset shifts that you need to have in order to lose weight and to eat well. We also talk about some of those things in this episode, but we also throw in her experiences being like a solo traveler, being a black vegan, doing her thing all over the world. We talk about that, you know, the food, the people she interacted with, the tips that she has about solo traveling and all of the lessons that she learned about herself. We also talk about whether or not you can build your booty in the gym or is that all genetics? Okay. I know some of y'all going to be surprised by that answer. And of course, we cover some of the baby steps that you can take if you're somebody who isn't really eating healthy or isn't exercising now. Some of those little steps that you can take to start to make your life a little more healthier. So as always, it was a good conversation. I absolutely love connecting with Rashida. Make sure y'all go follow her on Instagram. Her handle over there is Rashida Joy. She's always dropping so many gems on like wellness and food and dancing. And she just has such amazing energy. So go check her out. And you can also work with her one-on-one if you want to. And you can do that by going to prettypumpfitness.com. Check out all of the offerings that she has on her website. She also has, I think, some group coaching things going on too. But if you're listening to this episode when she doesn't have a group coaching program going on, you can also work with her one-on-one. So definitely check out her website. As always, y'all, I will link Everything we mentioned, the links, all of that good stuff at brownvegan.com under this episode. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Okay, so you've been on the show, of course, before. So I just want to talk about how you're doing. Like, how have you, since our last conversation, which was what, 2020? Was that 2020? Or was it 2019? It might have been the end of 2019. Yes, I think so. I feel like so much has happened, not only with you, but just in general, of course. So how are you? Like, how are you doing today? Physically, mentally, emotionally, everything? I'm good. I think you're right. It probably was 2020, but I'm good. I I feel like, you know, things are kind of getting back to some kind of normal. So I'm excited about, you know, meeting people and being out in the gym and having fun and trying different foods. So I'm doing really good. How about you? I am good too. Yeah. You know, it's like this new normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't think every, everything will ever go back, but I feel like there were a lot of things that needed to be left behind anyway. So yeah. it's, it's a good thing. Like I'm <laughs> all in thing. favor of the six, skinny six feet. Like I like my space. I'm like, you can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was watching a movie. I think that was last week. And I saw this man. She was standing in line. And it was a man like close to her. Of course, this was pre-pandemic. Uh-huh. And I was thinking to myself, I don't think we ever going to go back to people just being all up on you on the line. <laughs> yeah, and now you got a good reason. Like, give me some space. You know, you don't know what people got. Like, you know, now we're, we're 
accustomed to just give a little bit of room. So I like that. But you're right. It, right. I don't think it ever will be like the same as it was before, but I'm just glad to get out the house. <laughs> yes, that part. OK. And it's, it's wild because I've always I'm like this self-proclaimed homebody, but I have never wanted to get out as much as I Me have too. lately. <laughs> Me too. Like in the beginning of quarantine, I enjoyed being home. But then I'm like, you know what? If I wanted to go outside, I really is nothing for me to go out there. But nope. yeah, I go pick up food. <laughs> exactly. Like that was the highlight. So I'm glad. Yes. So during your time, I feel like when you started the traveling was of obviously that was 2021, not 20, right. 20. So what sparked you? I mean, I feel like you were all over the place. Like my favorite part of Instagram during that time was coming to see what is Rashida doing today? What is she eating? Who's she hanging with? What's going on? So what really have you always been somebody that traveled or did being locked down just kind of bring that back into, you know, bring it back up for you? Yeah, I've always been a person that loves to travel. You know, like in the military, they said, you get to travel. And I was like, sign me up. Um, I'm going. But when COVID hit, you know, I was talking about how rent is just so high in L.A. And, you know, the good part of L.A. to pay the high rent is that you get to go out and see things, go to the beach. But the beaches was closed. Everything was closed. So I managed to be able to get, you know, a good visa. And I was like, I want to go see my dad, which is in Ghana. And I hadn't seen my dad in 18 years. And, you know, it's always been on my list of places to go. But because, you know, work and everything was just so hectic, I felt like this might be a really good time. So packed my bags up, went to Ghana. And yeah, I was showing everybody everything. Like I had my, mm, my mm. stories out. I was showing the food. I was showing the people, the culture, like as much as I could show Because I felt like, you know, I should really share this experience and maybe even, you know, dive deeper into like reconnecting with my father, which was, I thought it was going to be so simple, but it really turned out to be something very (laughs) life-changing. Whoa, really? Yeah, it was life-changing. Like I speak to my dad almost every day, you know, for all these years I've talked to my dad. It's not like I didn't know who he was, you know, because he got deported when I was 18. So I knew who he was and everything, but at 18, I was still a child and now Mm -hmm. I'm grown and he has grown. He's in his sixties and, you know, just trying to learn him and appreciate him for what he has and trying to find somebody that knows me, you know, cause you know, my mother passed. So I was craving some kind of parental love, you know? And it was amazing. And then when I was out there, I decided to go to Egypt, which was a place that was on my bucket list of all places Mm -hmm. I ever wanted to go. And I went there by myself, traveling as a female. So that was like, whoa, kind of crazy. Right. I mean, I was like, I'm taking a risk. I was like, if something happens, at least I was, you know, having fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I was was safe, y'all. I was safe. You know, I, I looked up and did research. I found good tour guides and everything. But I just was like, I'm going to have the time of my life right now. So it it was great. And I love just, you know, I love getting on planes. I love eating different kinds of foods and meeting different people. And then it was like, oh, I can still be vegan out here, you know? And I just learned so much about the food and history. So. Wow. Yeah. So here's the thing. I didn't think you were going to come back. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, Rashida looked like she is really enjoying herself. She is not coming back to America. I actually said that to Shada. I said, oh, you about to lose a client because she ain't coming back. <laughs> I was like, you know, oh my gosh. Like I was just manifesting and meeting all these women that were from the United States, like the D.C. area. You know, I'm from Philly. So D.C., we kind of got this, you know, kind of culture thing about us. and. I was like, y'all move out here? Like, y'all living out here? Like, y'all living, living? Y'all ain't going back? They're like, we ain't going back. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should try to get some citizenship or something. So I was sharing that experience on Instagram when I got my Ghanaian citizenship because their rule is if your parent is a citizen, then you are a citizen. So my my dad picked up my birth certificate and was like, let's go to the office. And now I got a Ghana passport. So I was really thinking, like, how can I make this a part of my life? Like, I always want to come back to the States. But yeah, and y'all wasn't wrong because I went back like two times in six months. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I won't go back. <laughs> when I saw you get the apartment, I was like, okay, she's not coming back. Because, I mean, if you get the apartment, and that in itself seemed like a journey. Like, when you showed how hard it was to get an apartment, what was the issue? Because it seemed like, People, you kept saying people, it felt like they were scamming or there's some other issues. What was that about? Girl, oh my gosh. You know, sometimes it's like God is speaking to you, but you know, you got your plan, but God got his plan and Mm -hmm. you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do, you know? And I was just like, I'm going to come out here. I'm going to find an apartment because the girls that I were meeting, the women that I was meeting out there, they would find apartments for like 1200 US dollars for 12 months. So when you're in Ghana, you pay for your rent year or two year or three years up front. So it's not mm-hmm. like in the States where you're paying monthly, you know, you have to save up enough money to, to pay for a year. So I'm thinking like, okay, let me find me a little $1,200. I could put $1,200 in and have a place to stay for a year and come back and forth. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, you know, I went during Christmas time, just, you know, time happened to be around Christmas time, which inflation just was like crazy because, you know, they had their problems with COVID. So that's the, the high tourism part of the time of the year. So, you know, the pr- prices were jacked up a little bit too much. And then they have this thing where when you're looking for apartments, you know how we look online or, you know, you walk up to an apartment building and you get a tour. No, you have to hire a realtor. They call them agents and the agents have a fee to take you around to look at places. But each place you look at, you have to pay a fee. What? So it's like, you know, it's not the biggest fee, but it's still a fee. So let's just say, you know, 20 U.S. dollars, 20 U.S. dollars for them to come. Then every place you look at, if you're looking at three or four places, you're paying another 20 dollars. So you have to actually look at maybe 10 places and all your little rent money would be gone. So, you know, and then they just sometimes, you know, want to make that money really quickly. And they even haven't seen the place, you know, Yikes! you're like, I want a two bedroom with two bathrooms. And they're like, okay, this should be it. When you get in there, it's a studio. They still want that. They still want that money for showing it to you. You know what I mean? Wow. So that was, that was the hard part. Yeah, that sounds like it's complicated. Mm -hmm. So then you end up not getting one, right? Or did you? I thought you did get one. No. I ended up getting like a little, I did get a two bedroom, two bathroom, temporary place. And okay. I was like, I'll do this for now because 
I just felt like God was trying to tell me something. God's trying to tell you something. Because <laughs> I'm like, Lord, why? I'm putting the energy in. I'm, I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do. And every time I tried to take an angle, it just kept getting blocked. So I was like, all right, let me sit still for a moment, you know, and then just see what happens. And I'm glad I didn't get an apartment at that time because, you know, you know, personally, I've been kind of taking care of my dad for all these years while he's been in Ghana. And I just kind of came in with this, I don't know, fix it syndrome where I'm like, I'm gonna fix this relationship with my dad and I'm gonna get him an apartment and I'm gonna have a room. And when I come back, we're going to build this relationship. But it was kind of like a little one-sided, you know? So yeah, it was like, I'm going to do all this and and try to make sure we have that. Because you know us American strong black women, we feel like we could fix a lot of things sometimes. You know, it, it just takes two. You know, the culture is just very different in Ghana. And, you know, I wasn't raised by my dad. So, you know, he has his cultural things where children, you know, take care of their parents, like at a certain age, which we do here as well. But that's usually when they're, you know, elderly and and not able to. (laughs) So, you know, and he's definitely, you've probably seen him on my Instagram. He's definitely able. I mean, it was so much fun hanging out with him because it's like, oh my gosh, I see why I do that. Like, I see why I dance and <laughs> laugh and why I'm eating stuff. And, you know, I'm like, I get it from him. Like, I can see it. So, so much personality, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, dang, I totally missed this. But it was just a great experience connecting with him and loving him. And, and I just had to value and appreciate that part. Yeah. I know. I love how you were able to just kind of take that with it for what it is, you know, because I, I think sometimes it can just hurt when we re- we want something to be a certain way and it doesn't, you know, work out the way we want we want it to, especially with our parents. So, yeah, yeah, yeah like I definitely get that expectations we put on our parents and, you know, they got the same expectations on us as kids. But, you know, it's like, let's see what we can get out of it right now. Like, how can we mm-hmm. show gratitude for this time? You know? Yep. That's how you got to see it. So we got to talk about the food. First of all, I want to talk about the food, but then I want to get into your experience in Egypt because I would love to visit as well. So I would love for you to share some more of that and some tips and all of that good stuff as far as traveling alone, especially as a black woman. But how was the food like out of all the places that you went to? What were some of your favorite dishes? Okay, so and wait, wait. So let's start here. Was it easy to be vegan? Like you said, was it easy in everywhere? I don't want to say it's easy, but let's say in Ghana, you know, if you go on Instagram and you, you know, there, there's internet, you know, so you can look up you know, Happy Cow is everywhere. So I was able to see vegan restaurants. Like in Ghana, there are actually vegan restaurants, and it's amazing because they'll, you know, cook like traditional African dishes you know, that are veganized. And there are places you can still find burgers and fries, like American foods. But I just really enjoy soaking up the culture. So I'm like, I want to try the fufu and the banku and, you know, the red, right. the, the rice. And all. I want to try it all. And you can find my mouth all watering. I can just talk about it. <laughs> it's like, it was, it was easier, you know, in, in Ghana. And in Egypt, you find that a lot of the foods in different countries are kind of plant-based already, right? So Mm -hmm. Egypt has a strong Mediterranean type of cuisine, which 
I didn't really know what to expect when it came to Egyptian food, you know, but they like hummus and eggplants and baba ganoush and grape leaves. And I was like, I could dig this with some pita bread. Mm -hmm. Like this is all right. And it was great, you know, so definitely knowing how to, you know, read the ingredients on stuff, (laughs) help me out to (laughs) learn like, okay, this is probably vegan. So I don't want to say it was easy, but it wasn't as difficult you know, as people may think it may be. And traveling alone, one thing I always wanted to, I tell everybody, it's like when you're on an airline, um, a plane or whatever, and you're traveling far distance like that, and they give you your meal, like you can definitely go in to your account on that airline and they have vegan options. So you're mm-hmm. not starving when, when you get off the plane, you know, because the flights, I think were like 16 hours. It was long. So I appreciated Delta and Emirates for their vegan dishes. But traveling as a black woman alone, <laughs> that was that was interesting because <laughs> I just kind of pride myself on being really brave. But, you know, you do want to learn a, a few words in, in the culture that, that you're visiting. Right. Like, please, thank yeah. you. Left, right. Because when I got to Egypt, it was like everybody speaks Arabic. And nobody speaks English. And that part was kind of scary at first, you know, but I encourage women to, to get out and travel and, you know, explore, use that passport because it's not as scary as you think. As long as you have, you know, some common sense and you research, there's really nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. So how were you able to find a tour guide when you went to Egypt? Being that there was a language barrier, how how did that work? Did you get somebody at the hotel? Like, what did you do? So, Monique, I'm a little impulsive sometimes. So <laughs> I was Uh-oh. like, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to go in two weeks. So, you know, YouTube was my friend and, you know, all the blogs and stuff. I picked, well, actually I looked on YouTube and I found black women that traveled alone. And I kind of looked at what hotels they stayed at and what experience they had. And I went and, you know, used their link and booked the same hotel. And, you know, yeah. if it was like a, a really nice hotel, which I did choose really nice hotels, they have people that speak English there. And the thing in Egypt is that, you know, everybody, not everybody, but, you know, it's a touristy place. So they are trying to get their money, you know. So I just figured if I book with the hotel tour guides, I'll be safe. So I did pay. Tourist prices, you know, triple the cost of what it really should have paid. But I'm here today <laughs> to tell you about okay. it and, okay. and safe. So yeah, I booked through the hotel or I did one tour. I was walking in the touristy area and one guy was like, hey, my name is George. And, you know, I can give you a tour around. I was like, George looks clean. George speaks English. How much you want, George? And he was like, all right, I'm like, let's go. You know, so did it that way. And then I just continued to book through hotels because I made four, four stops in Egypt. I went to mm-hmm. Cairo, Luxor, Aswan, and then I went to Dahab. So I was all over Egypt and I met a lot of really cool people. You do have to let your guard down, you know, because I even had my guard down like everybody wants to take something from me. But as soon as I kind of relaxed a little bit, there were a lot of people that wanted to help me. <laughs> Cause <laughs> that's amazing. I took a train and I was like, I don't know what direction I'm going. And some Arabic men were just like, 
go this way. And they just kind of sat with me and I was nervous, but they were just so kind. So, you know, God was good. <laughs> it was, I love that. It was Rashida, this doesn't sound impulsive though. It sounds like you did some research and you just, you knew what you wanted to do and how you were going to do it. So I love this. This is good. Thank you. That's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> All right. Cause I was like, okay, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna take a train. I'm gonna take a bus. I'm gonna take, you know, and I was all over, but I just enjoyed living life. Like for me, that was like living. Yeah. It seemed like it. I mean, what did you learn about yourself? You know, being with your dad in Ghana, being in Egypt, what did you learn about yourself? Like, what are some of the takeaways that you can see in your life? I don't even know if I'm yeah. posing that question, right? But like, I because I always feel like when something like this happens, as far as putting yourself out there the way you did, that there's so much to learn from that. So yeah, any lessons? Yeah. I just did some self-discovery, you know, like I, w- I just kind of been, af- you know, we all go through parts where we're f- afraid and we have fear and, you know, my fears don't look different than your fear. You know, you're like, my fear could be like, I want to go to Egypt, but I'm scared. Somebody could like, you know, have a fear of just going to the gym and being embarrassed or something like that. But what I learned about myself is that I'm very charismatic. I work very well with people. And I can kind of, I'm not saying get what I want, but I can always relate with people on some aspect, even if they speak different languages. I was like, whoa, okay, this is, this is kind of a skill that I feel like I might be really good at. And then I also learned that I don't have to sit in one place. Like I really learned that I am a person that likes to move around, like, and it's okay. Sometimes I've always felt that you have to be one way, you know, like one option, make this decision. And I was like, I kind of like the United States and I like Ghana. I like to travel mm-hmm. to Egypt and I like, I like Texas and I like California. Like you don't have to be pigeonholed to one thing. You can really make your life the way you, you want it to be, you know, and you can design your life. So that's what I learned about myself. I was, I was just like, man, because I guess I'm kind of fixed in some ways. Like, okay, it's got to be one way or another, black or white. And I just saw all this color. And I was like, I can kind of make my life the way I want to. Ooh, I love that. That is liberating, too. Yeah, it is. So I always tell y'all that you can truly enjoy everything you love as a vegan. That includes cookies. That's why I'm working with Maxine's Heavenly for this episode of the show. I told y'all before about their super soft cookies, but today we're going to talk about how much I love their new line of crispy homestyle cookies. Like the super soft ones, the crispy cookies are sweetened with natural, unrefined sugar. They don't have a million ingredients and they're gluten free. Don't let the gluten free scare you away because you do not sacrifice on taste and they definitely take care of your sweet tooth. My favorite ones are the chocolate chip because, of course, I love chocolate. Also, I feel like every time I bite into it, it's a chocolate chip in each bite. It's just so crispy. It's just really good together. My son Elijah approves. You all know that's my picky eater. He said we should get more boxes. So make sure you head on over to MaxinesHeavenly.com and use the discount code BROWNVEGAN to save 25% on your first purchase. That's MaxinesHeavenly.com, discount code BROWNVEGAN as one word. I'll also be sure to link them in the show notes and blog posts for this episode. 
I'm working with Freight Farms for this episode of the show to tell you about their mission to revolutionize local access to food. So they do this by designing and selling the leading hydroponic shipping container farm. Freight Farms is in the business of building farms, but not the type you're probably thinking of. In fact, their Greenery S container farm is actually a vertical farm, so picture walls of lettuce. They use innovative climate control technology paired with an app to simplify farming. This allows anyone in any climate to grow high quality, fresh produce on a consistent basis, leading to fewer food miles and less food waste. Freight Farms aims to make eating and growing local produce easier and more accessible, and it opens up a plant-based lifestyle to people in places where fresh produce couldn't typically be grown year-round. To learn more, all you have to do is visit FreightFarms.com. I'll be sure to link to their website in the show notes and blog posts for this episode. Okay, so speaking of making your life the way you want it to be, I really want to talk about your work because, first of all, you look amazing as always. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I want to talk about food. I want to talk about exercising. I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about with, when it comes to your work because I just think it's so important, especially like the last one that you did. I, well, I think it was the last one real that you did about like tampons being toxic, a lot of like the major brands. And I love when you share that type of information because I feel like regardless of where a woman is in her, her journey in life, she can always relate to making sure that she's taking care of that because we're all going to get that, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> we're always, we're all going to get our menstrual cycle. So even if someone makes that change, it's just major. It really is. So wherever you want to start, I want to give, I just want to give the floor to you to just kind of talk about your work and some of the things that you like to do to help black women because yeah. you really do that. Thank, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Of course. And of course. When I was, you know, traveling, I was like, let me try to find a gym and try to work out. And cause it's not just for, you know, physique. It's just some kind of mental clarity. It's like a place where I really can forget about whatever it is that I'm going through for that hour or whatever. So fitness is, is so important because and, and I was eating all the jell-off rice and every, <laughs> everything. It was just important that I had that that time to just blow everything out and just, you know, focus on myself. Over the, I guess, uh, maybe year or two, I kind of found my niche for helping women. So I've always enjoyed, you know, talking about fitness and having great physique and all this other stuff. But you know, my mother passed away from colon cancer. So it always was in me to talk about nutrition and diet and all the wound connected issues and the things that especially black women are faced maybe more often than other women, right? Like fibroids mm -hmm. and PCOS. And it's like, how come we're just, I don't say plagued, but, you know, plagued with all these wound issues and cancers and cholesterol. So I kind of framed my business to help women with those issues, right? And anytime you, you know, go to the doctor and you have something like high blood pressure, diabetes, or even PCOS, you know, if you are overweight, they're going to tell you you need to exercise. You need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Now, they're not going to say go vegan, but they're going to tell nah. you eat more fruits and vegetables and you might want to pick up some kind of exercise routine or something like that. So that's always been my angle to help women heal themselves, right? Because, 
you know, the weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weight loss, you know, and it'll make you feel better. And, you know, feeling better is, is one of the major parts, right? So even if you don't lose any weight and you're just being active, you know, you can heal yourself, right? Because, you know, we've done a lot of research. We know that fibroids and tumors come from some stress in some areas. So you need to find a way to relieve stress. And I'm just offering the way I do it, you know? So I just really enjoy helping women find their way to, you know, get fit. And and I just show my way, you know, what I've been doing and how that can help them if if they want. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for us, you know, as black women, maybe one of the reasons why I may, may I may be a little off base, but maybe one of the reasons why we struggle with weight is because it's not like our men (laughs) don't mind us to be thick. They don't mind the thickness. So I think sometimes that plays a role in why we'll carry around some extra weight and we probably know that we shouldn't. Am I wrong by saying that or what do you think? No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right because, you know, of all the women in your family, and please believe all the women in my family, you know, see me as a skinny mini. And Uh and, and I'm like, you know... (laughs) I'm not You're like I'm average. Yeah, I'm like I'm <laughs> not really that skinny. But yeah, my all my aunties, everybody have had gastric bypasses because they're just big women, big women. Like, wow. I was surrounded by big women. And you know, I met saw my cousin this weekend in Vegas and she comes up, oh, and she's like seven. She's like, Oh, you're so skinny. And I'm like, Thank you. I guess not a seven-year-old telling you that, Rashida. <laughs> But, <laughs> but you're right. You know, it's like it's been accepted for us to be thicker. Right. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. You know, you could be thick and, and healthy. Mm-hmm. Just don't be thick and having diabetes and having high cholesterol. Like, I'm not trying to make a bunch of skinny women. Come on now. Like, I'm, right. I'm not even trying to be skinny. I'm trying to keep my slim thickness going. You know, and that's what I think you are. Slim thick. I don't think you're skinny. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Yes, because it's like it's it, it's all where it matters. <laughs> the thickness is where it matters. I'll be like, no, Rashida, not coming on camera like this, and I love it. <laughs> you know, and it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like, you know, everybody don't gotta be. You know, a size. I'm not. I'm not making size two. Helping women get size twos and size fours. You know, like we're just trying to you know clear our arteries so that we're here to live longer. Because the the proof is, black women are dying at an earlier age. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all this thickness is great, but you can be thicker and, and healthy. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you don't have to, you know, look a certain way to, to be healthy. You know what I mean? I know lots of women that carry more weight, but their levels are all really good. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And they're usually active people. Like I started taking this pole class. It's in my stories on Instagram. And there was this girl in there yesterday. She was getting it. I was like, girl, (laughs) like, how are you you on the pole like that? Just floating down. And I'm just looking like a a tumbleweed just falling to the floor. And she just was, you know, killing it. So it's not necessarily about getting skinny. It's about, you know, fat loss, right? Like we don't want fat around our heart and fat, you know, in our bloodstream and things like that. Yeah. So can we get a peach in the gym or is that genetics? Like, is there any way that we can like build like you have the slim thick? Like, can we build that or? Absolutely. Is all. Yeah. You think so? Okay. Tell me more. And I'll be honest. Right. Like 
a lot of times it is genetic, right? I like so too. <laughs> a lot of times it is genetic, but I don't know if I can even say this, but you've seen some, you know, white girls walking around and you like, how do they get that? Like, I'll be looking at them like, how she get that? And the, the glutes are muscle. So mm-hmm. you can build, you can make the muscles bigger. You know what I mean? Like you can truly do that. Now, breast, on the other hand, you know, that's fat. And when that goes, it goes. You can't really build boobs, you know, but you can definitely right. make a proportionate, nice bum <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. But it does, okay. it does help if you got some genetics. And, you know, a lot of black women, you know, at least got some thighs you can work with, you know, like we're, we're blessed <laughs> in that area. Yes, when I was in Ghana, I was like, Lord have mercy. Like, <laughs> these women out here are stacked. I was like, wow. <laughs> but you can definitely, you know, create a really nice physique proportionate, right? Because whenever somebody loses weight, a woman loses weight, first thing she may say is, oh my gosh, I'm losing my butt. But the truth is you're losing extra back rolls, right? Mm-hmm. Which also make you more proportionate because now your hips can be proportionate to your, your bust and to your back, you know? So you'll still get a really nice physique and your waist will start slimming down. And yeah, you might not be a 42 inch hip anymore. You might be a 40, but your proportion is, is going to be coming together. So um, it's about, you know, if you're into the physique thing, you could definitely build a really great body. Mm Mm-hmm. With your coaching, do you do a lot of, do you notice that you're spending a lot of time on mindset or is it more so the nutrition and the exercise? Like which components you feel like you spend the most time on? That's a great question. I think it's about 60% mindset. Wow. And 40% nutrition and mm. in, in the beginning, right? Because if you're already vegan, like that's amazing. Right. So that means I got to work less with you on what to eat because you might have a, you have a foundation. Actually, no, I got to cut you off, girl, because if you if you coach me, you would have to work with me with what I eat. OK, as a vegan. OK, because I love. <laughs> OK, I'm just saying you would probably have to you'd be like, well, they, now you know, you need to put an apple instead of a <laughs> vegan apple pie on your plate. That's <laughs> That's what we would be. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. no, no, no. Okay. That's honest. That's honest. I'll take that. I'll take it. Because, you know, sometimes it's like people that, you know, are already vegan may know, like, to read the ingredients. Like, that's, that's, true. that's the basics. It's like, turn it over and read the <laughs> ingredients. Oh, this contains milk and dairy. And okay. You know, so at least, right. at, least right. at least you got that part, you know, and then everything else, you know, I got to work with you with. But, <laughs> but the mindset is the more difficult part. And, and I'll just be honest. Sometimes it's a little, it could be a little tricky because if you have high blood pressure, you know, let's say, and you're like, oh, Rashid, I want to get fine and I want to get snatched and what protein powders and what pre-workouts and what pills I got to take to get snatched and lose weight. But I'm like, well, hold up. Wait a minute you got high blood pressure. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're going in to become some bodybuilder. We have to watch what supplements you take. You don't need to be on caffeine, you know, or, you know, if you got fibroids and you're like, I'm trying to get snatched and, you know, and heal my fibroids, but you want to 
you know, overindulge in caffeine, for example, I'm like, all right, well, we got to watch out for your fibroids because you don't need to be taking caffeine. So sometimes right. it can get a little finicky with the goal in mind because I do believe in healing. You know, I'm like, this is about healing. And yeah, you'll get fine in the process, but we do want to shrink the fibroids and we do want to watch what chemicals are in our tampons and, you know, things like that. It's not all about getting to the body goal. You know, it's like, what's the health goal too? So that's a part of the mindset change and like eating, you know, when you're hungry and, and what emotions are you feeling when you're eating and, oh, you're sad and you want potato chips. Okay. Let's work on why you're sad and why you're doing that. Why are you sabotaging this? You know? So the mindset is, is a huge part along with the nutrition because you know, most people don't know how to prepare whole food, plant-based meals. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, okay, let's eat some lentils. And girl, I still love your chickpea recipe, your creamy chickpea. Uh, yeah, I love that. Right? Like I, oh my goodness, I put that in my group. I'm like, y'all follow this. You know, like people <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Like I loved it. So you know, I have to teach people how to actually prepare foods differently you know even even the vegans i'm like well just have some chickpeas and they're like how am i supposed to have chickpeas and and hummus and like you can make a stew or make cabbage steaks or make cauliflower steaks or you know oyster mushrooms and it's like whoa i don't know about all this Mm -hmm. so it's you know that part of the food and the other part of the mindset so it's a lot of work but I, i really enjoy it because people take a lot from it, you know, even if they don't transition to being fully vegan or fully whole food plant-based, you're going to walk away learning how to incorporate more fruits and vegetables, you know, in in your life. And you're going to know how your body reacts to it. Because once people start, once my clients start adding more smoothies and fruits and juices and raw foods and salads, they're like, my periods are so much shorter and mm-hmm. my, my cramps weren't as bad. I mean, it's like every single person is like, I don't know how this is happening. And then sometimes, you know, they'll stop and they'll go back to doing what they were doing before. And it's like, here I am with eight day periods again. And, wow. and you're able to see like my body really enjoyed these fruits and vegetables. I just got to learn how to keep them, you know, in my diet. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times probably with your clients, you they notice like they get some results, like you said, with the their periods and everything like that. And they may not take all of your advice initially, but it's one of those things where they'll circle back to what you told them probably six months later. Do you notice that? Yeah. They'll circle yeah. back or they'll come back around and they're like, well, let me try this again. But it's still nothing like having a coach <laughs> that's on you, making you do it, you know? The accountability, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you need the coaching, you need the group, you know, you need the ideas because it's easy just to fall back into, you know, old habits. And that's a part of the mindset, right? Like the discipline. Because I'm not always going to, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to make you a client for life. I'm just trying to help you get on the right track. And instilling discipline is one of the toughest things, but most rewarding <laughs> because yeah. you know, they'll, they'll create a habit. 
You have to tell us because I always feel like, you know, I'm just one of those people that I really like truly believe in baby steps and people don't give them enough credit because they're like, oh, it's so small. It doesn't really matter. But I just feel like it gives you the foundation to truly build and, and like you said, have make the changes that they want in their life and have that discipline. So I want you to first give us some like really small baby steps that people can take as far as what they eat to improve. And then I want you to also share some about like exercising and just any type of movement. All right. So some baby steps for just eating healthier, right? Like on my Instagram, I'm plant-based and sometimes I'm like, go vegan or go home. But a lot of times my content is more towards, you know, just eating healthier, you know, like I'm not like, you know, save the animals and stop doing this. I'm more like, well, stop eating so many fried foods or stop eating white bread or white sugar. So things like that, like definitely look into transitioning in from, you know, the white breads and white sugars into maybe a brown sugar, you know, or a whole wheat bread or things like that. And, you know, try to add something green or orange or yellow to a meal, you know, try to have a piece of fruit a day. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole fruit salad. You know, you don't have to go big or go home, you know, but just have an apple or some grapes or something that, you know, you enjoy and and bring it into your everyday routine, something like that. Those are really easy steps. And then when it comes to fitness, baby steps, just walk a little bit more, you know, just find ways to kind of move around. Okay. So that can look like Pretty sure you've heard it. You know, park your car further away from the grocery store, or take the steps instead of the elevator, or you know, bust out a dance. You know, in the middle of the daytime. You know, I love to dance, so put that. you do. That, <laughs> it's my thing. Like, put on a song and just go at it. You know, and those steps count. You know, so that's one of the big things that really annoy me. Actually, is like when people feel like. I got to do everything. You know, they go to the grocery store and a whole cart full of all these veggies and fruits and they're just so proud and I'm so proud of them, but I do want them to be realistic and kind of take it at one day at a time because by Wednesday, y'all that fresh produce is going to be old and, you know, in the back of the refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that big old tub of spring mix that's still sitting in there is going to be sitting in there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to go to the gym or you're going to start getting active with a group, just start with like, one day a week. Commit to that. You don't have to go five days a week. You know, you don't have to, you know, like I'm going to bust out two hours at the gym, just one hour or even 30 minutes if you can. Start small. That's how you do it. You know what I want to talk to you about before we wrap up? We talked before about how a lot of time in the vegan community, you know, as being Black women or just be black, being Black in the vegan community, in general, sometimes you feel like you have to pick a side. It's like this, you're there for the ethics or you're there for the health. Mm. You can't be both. Yeah. We, remember we talked about this? And we were like, yeah. you can definitely be both. But like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? This gets me fired up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, shots fired. I feel like this is what I do. When you come into my program, you're coming because you want your health or your physique or something to do, you know, with your body. Right. 
But then as soon as you come in, you'll be surprised. I'm going to make you watch every single documentary there is from Cowspiracy to Seaspiracy to Forks and Knives to what the hell. I'm going to make you watch everything because I do believe that you need more than one reason to stay plant based, to stay vegan. But all I need is one to get you in. And then mm-hmm. I got you hooked. Right. Because that shit works. Those documentaries work. They work. <laughs> I don't care what right? nobody says. And it's like, you know, I could speak till I'm blue in the face, but if you see it with your eyes, you know, and you feel it, that's what makes you, you kind of stick to it, right? I think Maya Angelou says people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you do, but they won't forget how you feel, you how they feel. Thing. Right. So it's yeah. like, if I can make you feel something about these corporations, American Heart Association, or how they are treating animals, then maybe you'll have a, a better chance of staying vegan or staying plant-based. But yeah, I hate it when people make you feel like you have to, you know, pick sides. And, you know, earlier I was just saying, I feel like I could do both. I don't have to be fixed. You know, I can do all kinds of stuff. So, you know, once you come into the vegan circle and, you know, you're like, let me see how this food works. And it's like, oh, I'm kind of saving the environment because I'm not using all this water, you know, eating beef, you know, or, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know that animals have energy and I was eating animals and that energy could have been transferring to me or however you decide to find more than one reason, you know, I I'm, I'm in favor of that. You know, I don't like when people make people feel like they're not, enough or their reason isn't enough. You know, I think if more people took the time to give people more reasons, like a variety of reasons, one will stick. And and guess what? Like we're still doing the job that we want. Like we're still saving the planet. We're still saving animals. And I think that's the beauty of it. You know? Yes. Yep. I love it. You know, I agree with you 100%. So I wanted you to share that. So before we go, tell us how we can come work with you and how to follow you on social media so we can check you out dancing and sharing amazing tips. Oh, thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at Rashida Joy. You can also look me up on, you know, TikTok. I'm a TikToker. So you'll see Rashida Joy. And my website is prettypumpedfitness.com. I'm always accepting clients for, you know, one-on-one coaching, people that do want to heal themselves, lose some weight or just really get snatched or want to transition to being vegan. You can find all that information on prettypumpedfitness.com. And yeah, I'm always sharing some really cool stuff on my Instagram stories. I'm a big fan of social media, so you'll never be bored. But thank you so (laughs) much for sharing, for having me on here. and. You know, this is just a blessing to me every time I, I get the opportunity to come on here. I'm just yes, like, I enjoy you. You know that like one of these days, I, I mean, you know, I only say it because I truly mean this. Like we really do have to see each other at some point, don't we? Like, I mean, come we on. We will. We will. Me, you and <laughs> Shana, we will. Some point we'll get together. It's funny because we all talk like we, we hang out all the time. Yeah, like, I haven't met her yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much for being on. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You have a good day. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.